0: You're listening to the Teen Business Podcast. Each week, groundbreaking startup stories from teen entrepreneurs around the world. We bring you speakers and ideas that will improve your business acumen and help you succeed in the world of business. I'm Akansh Devendra and I'm Vidit Khattar and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Teen Business Podcast. So Vidit, before we begin, uh, I have a question for you. Okay, go ahead. So I've observed that you're really into coding and robotics, so I want to ask you, what do you think are the most important tools that are required for building a robot? Um, probably an Arduino kit and a computer to code. Hmm, well... I don't completely disagree with that, but I'd like you to answer once again, and the answer isn't too hard to find. Um, I don't know, Akansh. What is it? The answer is... Drum roll, please. Your imagination. That's right. As long as you have the creative bug inside you, the sky's the limit. And this is exactly where our next teen entrepreneur comes into picture. A true robotics and coding whiz. On the show today, We have with us Siddharth Srinivasan, the co-founder of Trashbots, a comprehensive robotics platform designed to provide individuals and schools with the learning resources for mastering coding and robotics. His avant-garde company consists of a community of committed engineers and students passionate about making engineering and programming accessible to students across the world. And we are super glad to have Siddharth on our show today.
1: So excited to be on this today.
0: So, Siddharth, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about
2: Trashbots, how you started it, and what makes Trashbots such a unique platform?
1: Sure, yeah, pretty loaded question there. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so, a little bit about Trashbots is we create this, you know, affordable STEM education platform for K through 12. And so, you know, what it actually is, is we have this robotics kit. You you know, um, I I know the viewers probably can't see the camera, but you can hear it turn on. And so there's this robotics kit that the kids play around with. It has these LED matrix and speakers and motors and multiple sensors like an accelerometer, thermometer, compass, um, gyro, motor encoders, buttons. And so we're teaching kids about real-world engineering with this kit. Plus, we have a software that kind of walks kids through not knowing anything about coding to basic block programming to eventually python programming using that block programming as a fundamental and then we have a big library of learning resources that kind of help introduce this platform into the classroom and so all these three elements together make it such that we have this you know super easy to use super fun platform that is super intuitive and uh, makes it such that they can start learning stem and engineering um, at a very young age and, and, and do some pretty impressive things with it you know this company was founded by my brother and i a couple of years ago and uh you know we went around the world teaching at different orphanages and schools and um you know saw that you know the stem education platforms that we were taking with us they were very expensive very unintuitive lacked you know the resources that uh, the teacher really needed in order to start doing something with it and so in entirety it was kind of uh, lacking in those capabilities, and made it really hard to bring into the classroom, to purchase, and to get started using.
0: That's pretty awesome. And Karina, uh, tell us on how you came up with the name Trashbots for your company.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, so the whole idea behind the word Trashbots is, you know, when we were when we were going and teaching with all these other STEM education platforms, we saw that one thing that kind of limited the students' ability to create stuff was the limitations on the pieces on the on, on the components in the kit and so when we created trash bots we said okay hey what if we allow the students to use anything from their found environment from their local environment and add that on their robot and so the whole idea of the trash bots is you're making robots out of the trash or recyclable materials you find around you thus making the sky essentially the limit instead of you know what you have available to you the limit in terms of what you can create
0: that's pretty innovative and uh, could you now tell us a little bit more about the lesson plans that your platform offers
1: which makes it super easy
0: for students to build projects that are actually applicable in the real world?
1: So um, we have about 70 hours of curriculum, uh, like I said, spanning K, K through 12. Um, it's being updated every single week and you know, each lesson has video materials and document materials and it walks kids through, you know, just the basic building then the basic coding, adding on sensors, and then eventually coding in Python, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, we we created this basic block programming app. It's called T-Blocks. It's on iOS, Android, it's on the the browser. And so that's what teaches kids at a very, very easy level, what like looping and weights and programmatic thinking, those kind of concepts are. And so that kind of dips kids' toes into the world of coding. And then we use that later as a fundamental possibly to learn Python. That's interesting. So in your opinion, what are the biggest
2: knowledge barriers withholding creative minds from mastering robotics and coding?
1: Yeah, I mean, so one actually takeaway we had from going and doing these trips around the world is, you know, there's so much innate intelligence. Like, you know, kids who are smart, but don't have the resources or tools in order to take that intelligence and build more intelligence, build problem solving, build critical thinking, build creativity, build those soft skills, which you really need to pair with intelligence in order to, you know, you know, be pretty gainfully employed in the 21st century. Right. And so what our whole mission with Trashplots here is we're trying to democratize STEM education on a global basis. Right. And STEM education is generally seen as an avenue for students to express and build upon their critical thinking, creativity and problem solving skills. And so. And I think the barrier right now is that kids just don't have, I mean, many, many kids around the world, they can't afford or it's too unintuitive to bring these you know tools to teach critical thinking and problem solving creativity in the classroom. And so it ends up just not happening. And so Trashbots are trying to make that more widely accessible, basically.
0: That's super great to hear. And going back to Trashbots, uh, your kits are comparatively inexpensive with the other robotic kits out there. So how exactly are they different from the competition and how exactly were we able to accomplish such a low price point?
1: Yeah, and so you brought up a great, um, great place to start. One thing we, we definitely wanted to focus on was affordability. And so we, we have this one price point, $100, which includes the price of the kit. And then, uh, you know, we had the app and we have all of our learning resources. And so it's a really, really, really competitive price um, because current day platforms is just are, are much more than that because they can afford to do that because there's schools that will purchase those type of platforms. Um, there's also a, a wide majority of schools who can't afford to purchase those platforms. And that's that's kind of what we're looking to do is apply to everybody, not just the, the top. I mean, we've also just focused on making trash bots as easy to use as possible. So that means, you know, making it easy to use right out of the box, having as much lessons as possible. So there's very, very little teacher training necessary. Having you know creative uh, professional development programs to get the teachers um, started. You, you know the the ability to use your found materials in your environment on the on the platform, and so uh, thus building upon your creativity and problem solving skills. You know, the ability to scale from kindergarten through 12th grade, it's not just applicable to one grade band, such that, you know, when, when, we're, when we're talking with a director of career and technical education at a, direct, at a district, they can better understand that, yes, this one platform can apply to all of your students. And so uh, it's not having them having to think about 18 different platforms for the student body. So I was wondering, you've probably
2: gone through multiple prototype designs before you came to the current design, uh, which would have been a very capital intensive process. Right. Uh, did you sort of raise any money for making these prototypes?
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, the making of the prototype wasn't crazy capital intensive. I mean, I mean, a lot of the hardware iterations were done via a 3D printer. And so, you know, I even have a shelf on my, in my room where I just have a bunch of you know, old 3D printed pieces where we thought maybe this might be a good, uh, maybe this might be a good design. We finally settled upon the one we have today, but it was just, you know, 3D printing, 3D printing, 3D printing. Um, And so I guess 3D printing filaments and we had a 3D printer already that received for birthday. So uh, we're kind of just using that to iterate Um, and then the coding language, the other thing, which we kind of iterated upon and kept iterating upon and Roth and I don't draw salaries at all. And so it wasn't a capital intensive process at all. Um, you know, once we got the product up and running, yes, we needed to raise capital. I mean, there's many reasons why we need fundraising, uh, examples of which we hired a chief revenue officer in the summer. And so salaries, you know, we have a paid, you know, social media group basically who, um, help us uh, with paid social media and PR strategy. And so their retainer, um, you know, as, as we scale, we need to pay for inventory, right? I mean, at the very beginning, when we're just three printing and there's one, two units, um, it's not a big deal, but now we just have to figure out how to manufacture and assemble, uh, you know, 2,000 to 2,500 units, and so, at that scale, we need to be able to purchase the inventory up upfront and pay for it until we can get paid by the customer. So right now, so th- thus far, we've raised it to 270k, um, kind of a pre-seed round uh, from various angels and VC firms around Austin. Do you have a valuation that you raise the money at? Yeah. So this money is actually being raised on a safe note. Um, one second summary is um, you're basically raising money before you have a valuation. And so it's, it's like, hey, you're giving us money. And then when we do get a valuation, you know, maybe the next time we raise around round a seed round or a series A round, then they'll get a stake in the company kind of proportionate to how much money they gave.
0: All right. Uh, and, you know, many tech companies have a lot of patents involved. So do you currently hold any design or utility patents with regard to the kit or software?
1: Yeah. And so I can talk a little bit about kind of our, our, our IP around this. Um, we do have a patent pending around, you know, the kit, the architecture, the software, it kind of encompasses all things trash bots. Um, it's been pending. We, we filed it about a year ago and so expected to come in sometime soon. We also do have um, some trade secrets around, you know, the, the firmware that goes on our boards. And so we're pretty, pretty protected in terms of, you know, our, in our intellectual property. Yeah.
0: All right. And, uh, you know, along the lines, when you said uh, you hired a CRO and you paid um, advertising agency to do your PR and advertise. So how would you describe the dynamic between young entrepreneurs like yourself collaborating with highly
1: experienced experts? So, yeah. So, I mean, my brother and I, obviously, before we hire everybody, have a great dynamic. We've been really able to split up the work between us. I mean, he's been a lot on the supply chain. Um, inventory management, uh, you know, assembly and manufacturing part. He really focused on developing the hardware early on, the plastics. And he does a little bit of the business development side too. Whereas I fall more on the software development and the curriculum, plus a bit of sales and marketing. Um, and so it's pretty easy to divvy up the work between us. And so now that we're adding new people on and, and continuing to scale, I mean, the dynamic I think is... You know, Roth and I have worked hard to create something um, that has, you know, pretty good potential here. And so I think that these these people that we're bringing on, um, our our chief revenue officer, who his name is Chris Sterzok, he spent 20 years in the STEM sales sales space, um, you know, as as chief engagement officer, STEM Academy. And before that, he was an administrator of a school district. And so he really understands school districts really well. He's really passionate about the solution. I think he respects the work that we've put in to come to this spot in the first place. And is really excited to kind of join us on this journey into scaling and making this company a, a bigger deal.
2: All right. Now that we're talking about scaling, I hear that you're going to begin your college education at Stanford next year. So how do you think that's going to affect the management of the company at all? And also, do you have a certain milestone that you want to reach or you're working towards currently?
1: Yeah. And so um, a snapshot of where we are right now, my brother Rohit is a junior at the University of Texas. Uh, He's studying mechanical engineering and honors liberal arts. Um, And I'm currently on a gap year, uh, like you said, currently heading to Stanford next year. Um, and so this year I've just been completely full time on the company, just working from home. Um, and yeah, I mean, next year, I think is definitely um, a time we're gonna have to play by ear, figure out what happens. but i mean i'm not I'm not doubtful in our abilities to continue to scale and grow the business while going to school. I think this company was started when Roth and I were in high school, and it's it's continued to scale while I've, st- I've still been in high school and Roth has gone on to college. And I mean, I mean, this year, things have really come together and we've been doing really well. And so I don't uh, think that that growth is going to stagnate at all. I think we're going to continue to be able to support the business uh, despite being in college. In terms of goals and milestones uh, coming up, you know, did a good amount of sales this year. We did about 200K in sales. And so we're looking to look at next year. As scalar sales, right? And so we're prospecting more districts, looking how to grow our sales within districts, figuring out how to sell to more consumers, and do some more reseller plays. Oh wow, 200k in
2: sales this year is amazing! Can you tell us a little bit more about our margins and also what your estimated projections for the next year are?
1: Yeah, and so margins—I don't want to get—I mean, too specific about it, but I mean, we have about 50 or so percent margins. I mean, we're doing pretty well on the margins for the the hardware. and so it's it's allowed us to you know keep some money to go and continue to scale the business. Um, as for sales projections for next year, we're not entirely sure. We're hoping that we can we can get about 800k is our is our goal, um, just because of returning customers as well as new customers as well as some consumer um, side sales. Are your kits only sold in the U.S. or
0: do you ship internationally as well?
1: Yeah, we ship to other countries as well. I mean. Um, Obviously, the inspiration for this happened actually by is in India, primarily. And so um, we do ship to other locations. We found it easier to start the business and scale by selling and primarily marketing to districts in the U.S., especially because this need that we've seen internationally is very much prevalent here in the U.S. And so, yeah, that being said, we, you know, we are in some conversations with resellers, possibly internationally. To figure out if we can see districts on an international basis. That's pretty cool. And to sort of wrap up,
2: is there any piece of advice you'd like to give to the aspiring teen entrepreneurs out there? Yeah,
1: I mean, it might be a big cliche, but I think let's just, just do it. I mean, go find a problem around you. And, you know, I think what's really key about what Roth and I did is we find a lot of mentors and advisors to help us. I mean, obviously, you can't expect us, I mean, as sophomores and seniors in high school to go and build a robust platform. And so we went and you know, found advisors and mentors who can help us in places that we had no idea, you know, manufacturing, sales, you know, hardware development, software development, stuff like that. And so go and find those vendors who can help you and then just go and find a problem and, and go, go solve it. That easy. All right, folks, you heard it. You just got to go out
0: there, find a problem and start working on the solution. Thank you, Siddharth, so much for making the time to speak with us today. Uh, I'm pretty sure our listeners will take away tons of information from this conversation. Thanks so much, guys. You guys can read more about Trashbots on their website, whose link we're dropping in the description below. You guys can also follow them on their Instagram page at TrashbotsCo. If you guys like this episode, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to your podcasts on. Absolutely. We also have an Instagram page at The Teen Business Podcast, where we post updates of our speakers, new episodes, and so much more. We'll also be dropping our next episode next week. So until then, stay happy and stay safe.